Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now, back to the podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, you're watching, listening to The Visual Lounge. We're glad you're here. Today, we are going to be talking about customer education. And in particular, we're gonna get into some things about why your customer education doesn't have to be perfect. We've got an awesome guest, Dave Darrington's here. I'll introduce him in just a second. So come on in, let, let us know if you got questions, comments, thoughts that you wanna share about customer education. Put them in the chat wherever you're watching us today. And we are gonna be taking those questions a little bit later. So. Put it in there. We'd love to hear from you. So let me go ahead and introduce our guest today because uh, we've got a lot to talk about. So Dave Darrington is currently the manager, senior manager of Outreach's customer education program, working relentlessly to help customers, partners, and team members alike have passion for outreach. Part investigative journalist, part teacher, and part computer geek, Dave loves to make complex technology easy by learning things the hard way, organizing it, and sharing that knowledge to everyone who needs it in a fun and relatable way. Dave's career has spanned many industries. He has been a laboratory chemist, a professor, a web developer, a project manager, a business analyst, and probably a candlestick maker, baker, probably a couple other things in there as well. Dave's hobbies has led him to start his own company, play saxophone in a blues band, and even create an art installation. And I'm probably going to slay how you say this, but Laminaire Sculpture Park. Laumeyer. Laumeyer Sculpture Park. And well, with that, let me let me introduce... Dave Darrington to the Visual Lounge. Welcome, Dave. Hey, Matt. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm so glad. I mean, we've been trying to connect for, uh, gosh, over a year to make something happen. So I'm excited. (laughs) Uh, It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Before, you know, I read bios are funny because you read them and it's like, whoa, that said a lot. But if you just take a second, introduce yourself to our audience, if you will. Okay. Uh, usually takes more than a second. And, and these days I'm, I, I say uh, yeah, that bio was fun. I wrote that a while ago for, for C-Lab when we built the customer education laboratory. Um, the person that I'm representing myself as today is passionate about educating customers for software products, particularly SaaS and for pic- particularly for these for any organization or business. And when I say SaaS, I mean software as a service. We're trying to rapidly get people up to speed. So again, I'm really happy to be on with TechSmith because I I know your products. We use your products. They really help us to elevate and you know level up our game and do it quickly. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. So this field of customer education, I'm super passionate about. Uh, I have a co-host of a podcast that I do. That's Adam Evermescu. He works at Slack. Uh, I'm his partner in crime and I work at outreach, but together we, we are taking our passion to the next level and we we're wrapping all of our own personal, you know, stuff together. And we're coming at this from a fun angle. We're coming at with a, with kind of an agile perspective. Heck, we even wrote a manifesto. Uh, I'm happy to get into all that today, but kind of that's me in a nutshell. I'm really excited about learning and helping others to learn fast, efficiently. 
Yeah, no, that is great. And there's so many great things in there. Let's, let's start high level and then let's kind of dig down because I think that will be helpful for anyone who is unfamiliar with things like customer education. You, you shared a little bit like a little bit about customer education. Let's talk about what that really is because I know for me, I've been, you know, I've been doing in essence, customer education for a long time, but I never had a name for it, right? I think in my company, yeah. I was a customer engagement manager, which might have different connotations depending on where you work, but essentially I was doing customer education. Like that was my primary focus. So for you, how, how do you describe to people who have never heard the term customer education? What, what would you tell them it is? What should it look like? What should it be? You know, this is a really great question. I'm, I'm kind of go off script here and I'm not going to read like a definition. I'm going to tell you from my heart more what I think it means. Customer education to me is really all about, you know, it's all about scale. Uh, I did a, a webinar just yesterday on this. It's about getting information about how to, right? How to use this project and not just how to, but why. So let's think about it. Um, whatever comes to mind first. Okay, let's let's use Audiate. Audiate is a product that you make. I tried it out not too long ago because I was trying to solve a particular problem. How would I go about explaining that to somebody? How would it, how if you made a new product tomorrow and we had to launch it? What is it that that needs to go into getting that to a customer? So customer education is like this interesting intersection between customer success, which the goal of customer success is all about success. I want you as a customer to be happy with the, with the product that you bought because we're in a subscription economy, right? That means if you say to me, Dave, I can't use this thing, I failed quickly, right? And because we're moving so fast in, in a lot of these companies, a lot of organizations, and this is not beholden just to software as a service now, it's everybody. We move and we try to get a product out the door quickly. This is where you call in customer education people because we use methodologies that are very rapid, right? Agile. Um, and, it, and it's all about getting that learning, that knowledge into the hands of the customer as quickly as possible so that they can get unblocked and be able to use it. That translates to things in that we learn in the customer success world, which are like, um, how do I retain customers longer? How do I make sure they get the most value out of it? And more than anything, I think adoption is the biggest one. Um, let's, let's take a story of, I, I love to tell people this story. I'm not gonna actually tell you the name of the product I'm using, but this typifies the work that we have to do. So let's say I'm a customer and I'm in a business. So we're talking B2B largely, but education can be B2C as well. And you, Matt, maybe you're my boss and you come to me and you say, Dave, I need you to learn this product and start using it tomorrow. And I go, whoa, whoa wait a minute, I'm using this other product or I'm using this third product and I'm happy with it. So this is the customer plight, right? We're busy, not lazy. Um, we have a job to do. So we're looking for how does this unblock me and make me do my job better so I can do bigger and better things. So when you come to me and say, Dave, you're going to learn this, I may go through onboarding, right? I may, I may sit in a, a training class or, you know, in the old days, we would get flown across the country and sit in the class for a couple of three days. We, can, we don't do that anymore. COVID times really epitomizes what the values of customer education are. Getting customers enabled or empowered quickly and they can use the product better. So that's kind of like in a nutshell what it is, is we're really rapidly scaling content and getting it in the hands of the customer and ideally making that in a way that's just in time. It's there when you need it. It's there when you have time to use it. How's that? Yeah. 
so I, I love a couple of things you said. I, I love the, the the focus on kind of being agile, moving forward quickly, getting it to them. Uh, and you also said the, the thing that stuck out to me is that while primarily I think a lot of customer education is focused in SaaS-based companies or companies that are using subscription as a service, customer education is really kind of everywhere now, right? Like everyone's finding oh, to do yeah. it. In fact, you and I were at a conference and one of the groups there was there that I was like, oh, I'm like, really? You're here? Oh, I guess that makes sense. Was I saw the, uh, the U-Haul was at this conference and it was a customer education conference. I was like, that makes actually a lot of sense. It's sort of like a subscription as a service, not a subscription, but a rental, right? You're, you got stuff yeah. that you want your customer to be successful. You don't want them to fail because failure is probably could be catastrophic. <laughs> Especially with you all when you're moving. Right. It's expensive. So so those are things that stood out to me as from a from a kind of a, a customer education perspective. So let's let's keep going though. So you, you also talked about kind of the speed, right? What's the impetus behind speed? Because I want to get to how do we get faster? Because I think that's something that we could yeah. we could really get to. But why in your mind is that speed so critical for, for customer education? Well, you know, I think th this is going to unlock a lot of our discussion today. And, and actually, the things that I've said kind of frame up and steer us to the point that I want to make with you and to this audience in particular. And I think if I'm, if I'm reading it right, and Matt, check me if I'm wrong here, you're listening and you're tuning in today because you're like, oh, okay, number one, I want to know what this customer education thing is. And number one, I could always go faster. I could always make content and get that out quicker. But I'm scared. Maybe you're scared. I'm scared. <laughs> Let's put it in a different context. Um, so speed is happening. And let me go back in time and I'll go back to one of the, the earlier companies where I first had a role in customer education form. That was Gainsight. So if any of you have ever heard of Gainsight, uh, you know that it's uh, the customer success company or one of them that builds software for it. Now, there was a, a, a discrete challenge when I came into the environment, and that was well, there was kind of training and kind of enable material, and there was documentation for sure that was actually pretty good, but it was a jigsaw puzzle, right? The, 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 the caveat is, okay, you're working at a company in your really early phase. You're 100, 150 people. So something interesting happens in, the, in this journey of an organization to release a product. Now, that company could actually be one person. That company could be... It could be Microsoft and they're dealing with a small, you know, they're bringing a new new product to life. Everybody can use this principle of rapidly scaling and delivering content. Um, and I think we don't do this intentionally because, and Matt, we were talking about this earlier when we were preparing. You know what? Let me, let me tell you another story. Most of us who've gone through high school, maybe college, are kind of trained to be an educator and we don't recognize that. What I mean by that is you sit in a classroom, you let information pour over you, you go home and you do homework, you take a test, you rinse, wash, repeat. When we get into an organization and a business, we apply a lot of those same skills. We PowerPoint people to death, right? Or Google sli uh, you know, slides and we show people, okay, this is how we communicate. This is how we learn. It's not necessarily true. Um, and it doesn't always work well that way. So we're trying to introduce methodologies and things that come in from good adult learning theory and, and good canonical instructional design. But therein lies one problem in that traditionally those practices are very long form. They take quite a long time, first to get the information right, and then second to make the quality right. So you've got that 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 
I guess, governor or throttle, pulling you back and say, slow down, Dave. But on the other side, you've got this pressure. Now put yourself, like, let's do a thought experiment together. Matt, you can, you can steer me a different direction, but I, but I like to do this. Let's, let's meditate a little bit and like, think, think about, I'm a company and I want to sell my product and I need to figure out how to use that product, get that product to market fast. So naturally I'm going to be like, okay, well, I want to get some content out there quickly. But then if I'm building that content, what am I going to do? Cognitively, I'm going to slow down and I'm going to go and I'm going to get the kitchen sink and boom, there it is. Everything. I'm going to tell you this button does this, 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 this. It's a click fast. You know, you even hear that click, click pass. It's do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. It's go for mentality. A lot of training ends up being that because that's what we're really educated fundamentally through our educational system. Now it breaks down. So here we are, I've got to get a product release in one week, right? My product team is gonna launch this product and it's brand new and nobody's ever seen it before. I've got a week to get that content out. This is where the rubber meets the road in customer education. And this is where you have to apply a completely different and more agile approach to getting the content out there and being okay with a lack of perfection. I know that's hard. That's hard for me. I'm a perfectionist. I'm a recovering perfectionist. So let, let's use that. We can frame up the discussion from there. I think that's a great place to start. Yeah, no, I, I, and I love that, right? Like, cause the, the, that's a real business challenge and that's, it does, you know, cause my inclination is I want, I want you to know everything. I want you to know everything about my product. I want you to know how to do it because that's going to make you successful. If you know everything, you'll be successful. But the reality is, from what you're saying, is that's not true. That's it's because I can't teach you everything in a week. I can't get you up to speed. Yeah. We'll take Camtasia for, for instance, right? Like most people, there's probably very few, but most people don't learn everything about Camtasia in their month of trial. They can't. It's just impossible. There's too much there. There's too much kind of complexity. Uh, I mean, some people can learn a lot, but like, so I love what you're saying. We got to go move fast. We got to be agile. And I I do want to talk about the perfection piece of this because I think it's interesting because I think here's what I can hear. I can hear the, the, we'll we'll pretend we got little managers on our shoulders and they're saying, no, it's got to be done now. And the other one's saying, yes, but it needs to look really good. It needs to be perfect because this represents our brand. So tell it me, represents- Dave, how, how do we overcome this? How do we make better content faster? But how do we let go of that need? Um, because like you said, you're if, if you're a recovering perfectionist, that's really hard. And because you're always worried, well, I don't want my customers to value my product or what I'm doing is less. Because frankly, I mean, let's put it very selfishly as if I'm a customer education professional and my job is on the line and I put out stuff that's not perfect, I don't want to be fired because I, you know, it's not looks good. Like somebody's going to complain about that. Right. That's what, uh, okay. So, so here's a time, here's a a time and space where we need to think about psychology, right? We need to think about how our brains work. And again, going back to that, this, I'm, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I will always struggle with this. And using that as kind of like, I guess I could call it my superpower because when, when we introduce new people to the team at first, let's, and, and this is actually, this is, this is a continuum. This is a maturity thing. When I'm very early into a company, let's say I'm just assembling a team, like I did at Outreach and Gainsight, we have to like think about the task at hand. And that is, oh my God, I have got to build an academy or a university that's going to be online. I've got to get trainers up to speed and have them have content to do really good training at, at, 
you know, from my biggest customers. How do I get all this stuff together? And my boss says, you got a month. Whoo. Okay, great. Now it's loaded. It's, it's a loaded question, right? Or it's a loaded task to think, okay, I've got to do it. I've got to do a really good job. Now let's go back to my university self. In university, you're going to write a paper and you're going to try to get it, you know, to be perfect or maybe your first job where you're like, I really want this to be great because I want to show off all the things that I've learned and I want my, I want my manager to like the work that I've done. I want the customers to think this is great. Okay. That is true. And, you know, Matt, we said before, you know, like with true false, that's that driving impulse is is accurate. We do want that. We do aspire to that. That should always be in the back of our mind. But you know, like a lot of those cartoons, when you have the devil on one side and the angel on the other, I feel like I have that. And sometimes you got to go to that angel and flick him off, say, come back in about you know a month or three months or six months when I got the bases bases covered. I've got the core of my curriculum together. together. Mm-hmm. So what we do, I, here's a, here's a nice little, a couple little things that I do. Number one, I really think about just a brutal timeline. Like how fast can I get this material together? And I think about time boxing. So have you ever heard of the term time boxing? It means I'm going to just say, I'm going to get this task done in this time, one week, three days, one day, whatever it is. And I'm going to do as best I can in that. Um, I'm a big fan of, uh, and Matt, have you ever gone to a, a game jam, global game jam? I've never been to a game jam, so, but I, I think I might know what it is. So, but explain it for everyone else who doesn't. Okay. Let me do this. I love game jam. So there's a big thing called global game jam happens in January of every year. And usually you know, where I used to live in St. Louis, there were, there were groups that really had them three times a year. They love doing this. The point of a game jam is you build a video game in a weekend. Full right. one, start and finish. Is it going to be good? No, <laughs> it's just going to be god awful. But you know what? The people that do it over and over again end up coming up with gems, and some of those games end up getting put up on platforms like Steam. Or and I'm t- I'm a video game enthusiast too. So, uh, but but video games are software as a service in, a, in the most brutal way because you're trying to put something together. You're using all these different media types, you know, storytelling, video, animation. System stuff, technology, and you're packaging all that I'm giving out there for someone to enjoy. And if you do that in a weekend and you get the core of it together, is it going to look great? Nope. Did it work? Did you have fun with it? Yeah. If you had fun with it, you did exactly what we do in customer education. It it proves out that point. I can make a little bit of content and I can say, you know, I screwed up the the background on that one or the font looks a little off or the, the, the video is a little bit grainy or, you know, what, what is the customer's perception of that on the other end? Let, let's think about me as a customer now. So if I adopt a B2B or B2C platform software, one of the biggest things that I am a customer, okay, why do I buy your product? Why do I buy, why did I buy Camtasia, Matt? I bought Camtasia because it provides me a superpower. It gives me an ability to do something. And I need to learn that. So so the caveat here is that I, I've got to get, I got to get something up to speed pretty quick, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to decrease the quality, uh, quality level. I'm going to try to get everything together. I'm going to put as much in it again, but then what I do is something a little bit different. Instead of thinking about the kitchen sink, it's this is the natural tendency. Me as a customer, I just want to know why am I doing this and generally how does it work? And then, uh, then I'll figure out the rest of my own. If you can show me a pattern or a, 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 you know, a pathway, a roadblock and understand the core concepts, usually I can go, 
and this this happens in software. Um, somebody I talked to recently, his name is Michael from uh, Intricately, CEO of the company, had had talked about this idea of neuroplasticity. And the context wasn't the the canonical what is neuroplasticity from a scientific perspective. It's more that we, in because of who we are these days, we're out there using tons and tons of software. So think about me, Dave Darrington. I've used. Gainsight, all the Microsoft products, all the Google products I, I've used. You know, oh, gosh, I, I mean, I can make this list a mile long. I've touched all these different things. And, and you come along with Audiate, right? I'm going to talk yep. about text yep. products because we're here. Um, I look at that and I go, okay, I watched a very short video to like ground me in the, the core elements. And in that video, it's, okay, Dave, here's what Audiate is. And I'm probably going to bumble through this, Matt. So that's okay. me. I'm just reflecting on my experience. When I walked into this, I saw, okay, number one, this looks like other TechSmith products. Good. I already have a good sense of how you lay that out. Okay. Now, so you don't have to teach me to click file and save and blah, blah, blah. No, I don't need to know all that. I've used computers for years. And then, but two, and then you give me a light intro and say, oh, okay. I'm looking for what in the heck are the main main elements that I need to understand? And that is, okay, I was trying to solve a problem because I wanted to get a script out of Audiate that I can use to put on my website or use that as a foundation to build like a blog article. Because these are the words that I said, but I really love the fact that machine, machine learning AI behind the scenes can take my words and run them on paper so I don't have to. Cool. So yeah. I needed to find out how to do that. So I said, I walk into using any platform, any product with, a, with beginning with the end in mind. Stephen Covey, love that guy. Um, so from Audiate, what was my use case? My use case is I want to walk out of using this product. I need. I don't want to spend very long. I want to upload a file. I want that file to be translated. I'm going to walk away, get a cup of coffee or something or a drink, snack maybe. That'd be great. Take a nap, come back. It didn't take that long. Great. I've got a script out. And now what do I do with it? I can play around with it. That's the customer experience. Unblock me, make it easy for me to do something. I don't give a squat about how perfect that training is because it's gonna be short it's got to be get to the point it's got to talk about the use cases did you do that great as a customer i'm gonna give you a pass because you've it's basically like you're a triage doctor right if you're out in the field and i'm bleeding and i've like broke my leg or something like that you come up you you seal the wound, you do something, you get me back to the hospital. You're, you're, you're getting, you're relieving the pain of a customer. And this really is the core of customer education. Think about the pain of the customer first. Think about how that company needs to use your product to do something and let that drive you. And what that does is it says to the, you know, the perfectionist Dave over here and, and they're saying, oh yeah, you got to be perfect. Got to be perfect. Got to be perfect. It's not about me. It's about the customer's pain. I'm that triage doctor in the field trying to help you out. Yeah, good. That's that's awesome because uh, you know I, I, there was a lot there to unpack. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I well, I love that the thought, right? Like, especially if you're in that scenario that you laid out, you've got one month, you've got to lay out all, you know, do the stuff. Like, it's also you're triaging in that process. Like, these are the core things. Like, because you can always build later. Like beyond that month, there's probably going to be an opportunity to do more. Uh, in fact, my team we just went through a. And last month we did a Google design sprint is what they call them. This one week where you pack in all these things. And by the end of the week, you've got a prototype and you've run it by customers. Yeah. Yeah. And like we learned so much from that experience about what customers actually needed in this particular thing that we're trying to design. And it's just, it's crazy what you can actually do. And then you can swarm around that work. But I, I love this notion that you got to that your customer 
ultimately doesn't care. If, if the information's good and it moves me towards that end state, they don't, they don't care about what it, the quality. And, and I think we want, I want to be careful here because I do think uh -huh. there's things that are, for our audience listening, I, I don't think we're saying have bad audio if you're making a video. Don't Absolutely have not. fuzzy, grainy pictures. Don't make bad stuff, but it doesn't have to be exact. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. You know, if it, you know, like I know some people spend hours aligning elements. And uh, I think we even maybe have talked about this. Like, you know, if you've got a PowerPoint slide, right? And one thing's off just by a little bit. And PowerPoint or Word are so notorious for getting things lined up. It's, it's difficult. But at the end, maybe that's the thing that you're spending too much time on. It really doesn't matter yeah. if it's off by a pixel or two, right? And you know, here's a here's a, a thought that I love to pass on to people. Um, let's go back to Walt Disney. This is a story I used to tell in my video game design class when I ta taught it. He had this concept of what's called a weenie. Have you heard this before, Matt? No. Okay. So imagine yourself walking into Disney and you're walking through the cast, the, you know, the big tower, and, and you know, depending on where you are in the country or the world. And Disney is an experience. You take all this glory in. It's like, oh, this is my childhood. I'll personalized and here in the real world and you're walking through this experience now the thing about disney is that perfectionism is really important but he actually introduced this concept of a weenie a, a small mistake an intentionally left behind a mistake that guides your attention in his context that was they would put you know would place different like things that you could explore. So you naturally, mm -hmm. oh, look at that. That's really cool. But the things that are there are guiding you away from like, maybe you have a T intersection in the castle and you can go left and you can go right. And, oh, you see something and it naturally pulls your attention and drives you, leads you through that experience. And in fact, you can use those things. Like I made a mistake. Maybe I just intentionally leave that because you know what? Sometimes that distracts people, your customers as well. And they see that and they go, Oh, oh, there's this one little mistake here. And like, well, you know what? They're missing the fact that I got 10 others in that, that video that were more pronounced and important. I left one in. So the, the, the point is that you're, you can actually leverage a little bit of imperfection, in my experience, to help distract people away from bigger problems. For example, like I, I've seen, I, I've had very, very critical people look at my content. And sometimes I will intentionally leave something in there that they can catch and glam onto. And I fixed it instantly, but knowing that there are some other systemic problems I really did need to do. And I bought myself some time because you're kind of not, you're not doing that to be a jerk or to manipulate people. You're doing that to buy yourself time. The game of customer education is buying yourself time. How can I get the content quick and then come back when I'm more mature as a company and say, Round two, let's take the quality level up. Round three, let's make it interactive and layer in and do SCORM and stuff like that. So you start fast and you grow and then your, your designer, and this is really great, particularly for like, if you have a hybrid team of some mature, you know, like really good career instructional designers and education people and more junior people that may be coming in from customer success or product marketing or other different areas. And then you merge them in the middle. So you're leveraging the diversity of, well, I know I can make great learning outcomes. And then you have people coming in that can, can do it quickly and it's safer, right? Because you can make mistakes and you have an opportunity to learn. That's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Let me, I'm going to turn to our audience. Uh, we've got a comment I want to read and then uh, a question that was asked that I think is, is worth going through. First, the comment, uh, we'll just throw it up here. Charles asks, no, we were asking if 
customer education needs to be perfect. No, customer education needs to meet the goals and objectives for what needs to be taught. Time is always a factor when creating content. It does not need to be perfect. So a good, yes. Charles, thanks for that emphasis on that thing uh, that I think we're, we're saying. This is the, the question we want to get to. Uh, Larry's going to ask, and it's a couple parts, so forgive me as I just read through this, but we'll go through it. it. says, I'm a physician in a large healthcare organization. I help other physicians in the group with technology. Large affiliated group is coming online in May on a new fairly complex electronic medical record system, struggling whether to put out multiple small videos or long Ooh, ones. Okay. This will not be the only resource uh, only a resource for the physicians. So you can imagine in your organization that they're going to have this. I mean, this is a question I know at TechSmith, we get asked a lot about length of videos, but, but Dave, I think it's, it's worth going from your perspective because here you are, you're, you've talked about the constraints. You're, you're, you're focused very much on that customer education group. Whereas I think a lot of the people that, you know, I'm talking to on a regular basis are internally focused on their, you know, their employees, their staff, things like that. So how, what would you say to Larry about kind of the length of these videos? What, what approach would you take if you were in his shoes? Well, number one, Larry, thanks for the question. I, I think this is very incisive. This, this is, this is one that's kind of at the heart of this. It's another dimensionality. So think of one dimension of content production and customer education. I can't get on, on screen. There we go. Uh, we'll make um, you center there. <laughs> one, one axis is like quality, right? So lower or higher. But one of the axes are length, right? It's larger or smaller. Um, I want to answer this question in kind of a BS way, which is I actually think you should do both. Um, so like, like let's think about the the speciation or the uh, oh gosh, dissemination of content in different media. Um, what I mean by that is let's think, of, I think about myself as a podcaster, right? We have a podcast. It's called the Customer Education Laboratory. It's customer.education. Sorry, I had to seg that in there, Matt. That was um, good. But we we'll drop a link in the chat. Indeed. We focus on this quite a lot. And as I'm building my web, my own personal website, it's helping me reinforce the understanding that the you have different kinds of content for different needs. Now to your point, okay, now you're in a large healthcare organization. I have a feeling of one of the platforms that you're using because I've touched them myself. They're big, they're meaty, they've got a lot of things to them. If you're educating a doctor, now you're dripping into the high stakes universe, right? And we're not doing surgery here, but we are doing medical records, which are super important. So I like to, to transpose that or relay that into a B2B play that I have. And, and I'm gonna use words and I'm, I'm gonna pave over the words that I say to apply to your case in healthcare. In my universe, I think about two personas largely. I think about the administrator, the administrator is a deeper, more technical user of a platform. Maybe they're there to put in, you know, like we we're talking about medical records, where a doctor might be the only one authorized to do certain things. An administrator of a system has that same kind of flavor that, you know, they're going deeper. They understand all of the pieces of the company and the organization or the platform, and they understand the business outcomes and all that stuff. So they're there to tool things and set things up such that the end user Maybe that's a doctor or a nurse or, in, as, you know, somebody that's actually in my, been, my industry, I work in sales. So I'm thinking about sales development reps, business development reps, account execs, account managers, and CSMs, right? It's very translatable or um, very relatable. Um, so in this case, when I say both long and short, I mean long form. Okay, let, let, let's say, Matt, I'm going to do an experiment here, and I'm going to pretend that we're in a case where uh, Larry here has a week or two weeks to get some content out. Right. Yep. 
So how would I generate that quickly, but at a decent level of quality, that means I'm not going to lose my job. Um, so let's think long form first. One of the things that I always like to do is, um, you know, I, I tend to get away from a sage on the stage, but sometimes it's helpful. Sage on the stage, meaning you've got some expert, you put them in front of a mic, you put them in front of a video camera, you get the demo environment and zoom or go to webinar or whatever up, you screen share and you go long form and you start start at the beginning and you go to the end and you have, and you coach this person. You basically build a script. You say, we're going to go through this narrative, right? That's long form, right? And you record that. Maybe you live stream it like we're doing here, right? We're, we're out live. If I screw up something, well, that's out for you to see. And, and I'm okay <laughs> with that. Uh, so some of those things are really good because you can very quickly go, okay, I've got my script. I'm going to sit down and record this. I'm going to do it live. I'm just going to walk all the way through it, mistakes and all. Okay, and I can go back and edit that as I go, but that's long form. Then if you do this right, this is where you can take advantage of a multimodal um, process. Now internal for your kind of organization in healthcare, most of this is, none of this is gonna go live. It's gonna stay behind your firewall. It's gonna stay internally and corporate. Um, so that would be the only differentiation for me and on, because um, that's more internal enablement as opposed to customer uh, customer education, which you're going out. But the same principle applies. So what I like to do is actually do these kinds of videos where I say, we're just going to lay it all out. If I had to, if I had to move really fast, I would record it live and, you know, chop it up then. So then I go, okay, you could either time index and you could use like, I use Wistia and you can time index Wistia. So somebody can go, I got that part jump, I got that part, jump, got that part, or you can even cut it up into smaller modules and deliver those. I find that smaller modules are very impactful, particularly for number one, review, and number two, uh, um, micro learning over time. You know, I, 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 Matt, when we were at DevLearn a year and a half, two years ago, I attended and observed all the micro learning things because one of the, the big things that I know and I understand from scientific background is that you lose about, what is it, 70%, 80% of everything you know everything you've learned within a day. So the smaller components are really great to, for reinforcing material. So if you have an internal LMS uh, and something that you could stage up, maybe even a sequence of emails um, to, to drip feed, you know, doctors are pretty good about absorbing and retaining content because that's what they do. Um, but well, that's what they have to do because they have to good. Um, but getting that drip feed in the small micro content, that's super helpful because then you can even do something like say, okay, here's a long form. You can watch that one time all the way through just to absorb. And then here's a list index. And this could be even just a web page. This could be a Google doc links to videos. And then you've segmented out three minutes for this, five minutes for this, one minute for this, seven minutes for this. And then you have like an index that I can go jump around and go back to. And that really opens up the space of the topic that I'm trying to learn and lets me get into just what I need. And then I can come back and reference it. So that's how, that's how I would I would answer that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with the principles, right? Absolutely, we want to, like, if you only have a short amount of time, get those subject matter experts, get them on camera, get them behind the, like, making the screen recording, even if it's you clicking through things as they're talking about it, like, there's lots of ways to set that up. So I, I love that idea. Um, and I even think the cool thing about your, like, hey, just put out the small chunks afterwards as what, or in addition to, you can even tell people, like, if it's a video, this is my favorite thing, time and a half speed. 
You don't have yep. to watch. If it's an eight minute video, don't watch it at, at the at normal speed unless you feel like it's complicated and you really need it. But if it's something you think you can absorb, we just actually had a video. Now, again, this is internal, not customer education, but the VP of marketing sent out a video for some internal stuff we're doing for, uh, you know, personal growth and development, learning and development kind of things. And she's like, in her email, she said, this is, I don't know, I think it was six minutes. She's like, watch this at time and a half speed. <laughs> like, give your audience permission to go through that. Yeah. Time is uh, constraining. So I think uh, those are are fantastic ideas. Let's, let's. Uh, and Larry does, just said great suggestions. Thanks. So that's, I think we're on par uh, here, at least, if not doing better. I thought it was better. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about a little bit more about how we're going to, how we, we go about developing these things. Because you know, look, as we've been very clear from the beginning, we're TechSmith. We make Camtasia. We make Snagit. So we're, I am steeped in video. We talk on the show all the time about video. But I'm curious from your perspective, what options do people have when it comes to customer engagement that you found that help you with this, with this, with being able to move quickly to not getting mm -hmm. caught up in the, the idea of it has to be perfect, but allow you to really successfully serve your customers? What, what kind of things are you finding work well? And you can uh, say video. I don't want to, I don't mean to eliminate that as an answer, but. You know, I'm actually going to deviate a little bit and use some words first. We created something because to your point, Matt, like what, is, what is it that we have to do to help guide us to adhere to certain principles that allow us to move fast. Okay. That's hard. And, and again, I'm bringing up my, my co-host uh, at the podcast, Adam Evermescu. He and I have been stewing in this concept of what customer education is for years now. And we've been working to get a network of people that we know and we trust, Matt, you being one of them, who are thinking about it similarly, thinking about the space. What we did is we came up with something called the Customer Education Manifesto. Yeah, it's manifesto. Uh, but we patterned it off of the Agile Manifesto. And mm -hmm. if you know anything about that, that was written 20 years ago by a group of, uh, of developers who were just sick of waterfall, old school methodologies that took years to release a product or a, a piece of material, you know, and, and, and things went way too slow. And then the, the problem is in, in our world that, and I like the, let's talk about Agile a little bit. The getting content to market is super important. Right. If you know what you're needing to do, you need to get that as quickly as possible. So you need to remove a lot of distractions. So what we did is created and you go to customer.education and then manifest has a link at the top if you want to see this. Actually, we're asking people to sign up for this and commit to this. And, you know, it's a light way. You, you're not selling anything and you don't owe us anything, but you can go onto our site and uh, and read the manifesto. And if you agree with that, follow along. But this, I think, and actually one of our um, one of our listeners had printed it out and put it next to her desk in a nice frame. And I took a picture of that and put it on LinkedIn. It was so, so fun. But here's what we, we believe in. So I'm just going to read this real quickly because this frames up stuff and then we'll get back to the methodology that, that I tend to use. We believe that learning a new product is like taking a journey into parts unknown. Fundamentally, customers are not going to succeed if they don't learn, okay? That's customer education in a nutshell. We're united in making our customers wildly successful. We're enabling them to find value earlier to and realize value over time, right? So what that means is we get content that may be a little rough right away, and we continue to polish that and enhance and release over time. So we're anticipating and removing roadblocks, 
things they are get stuck on. So I'll be informative, um, support tickets, inform us. Other problems that CSMs and professional services people and other people in the field report to us, we're taking into consideration. We're moving them into our program and we're building educational programs at scale. So we have six principles and those six principles are, number one, think about value first. Guide customers to value versus educating them on every feature. This is the kitchen sink, right? Forget it. Focus on what's what's critical first. Two, build a core program that scales versus customizing every time. I can't tell you enough how how many people fall back into the camp of okay. Let, let me say this: it feels good to train. It feels good. It's it's a, a heartwarming experience when Matt, if I could teach you something today, and you go, I didn't know that, and the light bulb goes on, and you go out and you accomplish something great. That's a teacher's soul, right? That's that's what's freaking amazing about educating, right? Yeah. You connect with somebody, you unblock them and by God, they learned and they went off and did great things, maybe better than you. And that's, that's fun. Then hey, Dave, real quick, Dave. I'm going to bring up my screen. I want to make sure we can still hear you. Oh, you though. got it. That's perfect. Cool. I like that. It makes it easier. Okay. Uh, then we lead with data tied to outcomes, right? And again, uh, one of our listeners had said that, um, you know, we're looking about, we're thinking about the outcomes first, not secondly. And that's a big, that's a big weakness when we build fast. We, for, we forget about that. We start thinking kitchen sink, feature, 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 feature. Oh, look how great this is. That's not what matters. It's, did I unblock you and allow you to use this product? I don't care about anything else. The customer will figure it out. There's a documentation for that. Um, then agile practices. Now, agile is kind of challenging for people because agile forces you to, to sl not slow down, but think about what's most important and how do I get content quickly? And the thing that's often lost in that is, you know, if I talk to our, talk to my manager and say, I'm going to do this module on X, let's use outreach where I work. I'm going to do a module on sequences. Um, why am I doing that? Well, because 80% of our customers use sequences every day and they need to understand it. Cool. Okay. What are the core things about that? Uh, how do I get that quickly? Now, if I were to get that module quickly, or normally if I were like traditional instructional design methodology is very waterfall. You're thinking, and, and, I'll, and I'll use the terms that you may know if you're an instructional designer, Addy versus Sam. Addy is a, a practice that sometimes takes pretty long. Mm -hmm. But Sam, you know, the success of approximation method or model is agile. It's quick. It's loops. So what I like to do is be able to say, okay, well, I need to make all this product. I'll list out all the kinds of training modules I might need, but then I'll take them one at a time and I'll do them as quickly as possible. Loop, 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 come back, loop, 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 come back, loop, 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 get rid of something, add something in. So you're always thinking tighter loops, right? Because those tight loops, yeah, quality is not there, but the next loop, it's a little better. Next loop, it's even better. And the third, the fourth loop, it's wicked cool. Right. So you're giving yourself that time and you're kind of doing the same thing, but you're spreading it out over the life cycle of the product. Because remember, in, in software, often the product is changing literally under your feet from day to day and might change. And it's infuriating, but it's also exciting. And we have to take care of that. Um, and then the last two is design experiences that you want to learn from. You know what? Think about your customer first. Uh, I was just doing a. Oh gosh, I did con uh, concuss uh, concussion training because I'm a soccer coach for my my eight year old, and oh my gosh, <laughs> when you think about some of the things, this was made by the CDC. I actually have to give them credit because it was engaging enough that it didn't fall asleep, but it could be better. It could be easier to move through because there's parts of it that move really slow, right? And but that probably take for, took forever to make. And the experience that I had was that. Oh, can I move this video forward? No, I get this. I've done this two times before. I just need to get to the test because I know this material. You know, those kinds of things 
infuriate customers. You want their experience to be good. That's why I see a lot of new roles as learning experience designers. I love that title. I think that's really evocative of what we're trying to accomplish here. Um, and then the last one I think is super important, moment of need. You got to think about in the context of what the pe people using your product or using their services or whatever it is, what is it they actually need? If they don't need to know the kitchen sink and all the functionality, get rid of it, cut it out, be brutal about it, get it down to the core brass tacks, the things you really need to know. So with, with, with this, this really informs my process. And Matt, I'm just checking time. I, I'm, I want to go through the, like the, the thinking that I have when, when I start to finish, but where are we at in time? We've got about seven minutes left before we'll, we'll okay. jump over to what's new at TechSmith. And uh, just real quick, I want to thank everybody for some comments in there. As, if you haven't seen, some people are asking about how to, how to use product and stuff like that. I, I do want to mention that's not our goal today. We're not trying to teach the products. We do have some great, fantastic webinars. Go check those out. Go check out our tutorials. Our goal today is we want to bring Dave's knowledge about customer education and any of our guests to Visual Lounge. We're so grateful that you're willing to share with us. So we appreciate that. So Dave, we got, we got a few minutes left. So tell us, what are these points that you wanted to, to help us bring it home strong? What do we got here? Cool. Okay. I think what would be helpful and might, might help this audience in particular is like, what's, the, what's my process to move super fast? Yeah. I've already said some of it. Um, so let's think about this in three phases, right? Phase one is, I landed a company. I'm, I'm brand new here. I don't know anything. And I've got to stand up a university, like an academy, pretty quick, right? Phase two is what are you doing next? Phase three is maturity. I'm a big, I'm actually moving then into educational services. Maybe we have IPO'd as a company. Maybe we've been acquired. Now we're going to tell them. So let me see if I can do a speed run get through this. So phase one, I am, I landed at, at a company, I've established a beachhead, maybe I'm hiring people, right? I'm in hiring a couple of instructional designers and trainers, and I'm trying to get my bearings. But what I'll do at first is I'll really look at the market. Who am I educating? What's the audience? What, what do they like? At Outreach, predominantly I have people that live in LinkedIn, right? They live online. They're often largely uh, skewed towards uh, um, people that are just postgraduate. They've just exited university and it's maybe their first or second job. So natively, I have to think about the types or modes of content. So they're looking at online. They're happy to pers uh, pursue learning at their own pace. That calls out university to me. Your, your situation may be different. So what? here's a methodology that I love to use and I, I'm really evangelizing for Okay, let's say I, I have an LMS or even I just have a web page and I can put links and videos in and I'll organize them. What I do first is I think about, okay, product, put it on the shelf and I'll ask you, Matt, here's this new product. Let's get you, product manager, some other people in a room, all the subject matter experts and I'll start tearing it apart and I'll enumerate the core use cases. You know, use case one, it does this. Use case two, I do this. Use case three, I do that. It's thinking about the customer first and you're breaking the learning pathway up in that context and then once you've got enough understanding of that what i do is quick loops so i break it down i list it out i start working top to bottom and mm -hmm. i will start that journey by you know interviewing smees getting enough information validating that information pretty as well as i possibly can but i time box it so i intentionally might not get everything it intentionally might not be perfect and that's actually kind of painful because what you'll have as my experience was okay a product manager gave me a whole bunch of trouble because i didn't get this quite right and didn't get that quite right i don't slow down i continue to move through that fixing as i go fixing sometimes in line and getting that out 
right? So this again is speaks back, harkens back to this perfectionism streak. You're going to get things wrong. It infuriates me as an educator to do that. I have to tell you that that really helps to say, okay, I understand. Don't panic. Quick loop. Update, update, update. So then basically you paint, you build the road, you connect the dots. And then if you have different personas or you have different products or whatever, proceed through them one by one. That third first loop is super critical. Now you also need to think about the triangle, the triangle of quality versus speed, you know, ver versus costs. Mm -hmm. And it's the project management iron triangle to a certain sense tweaked for us. So quality, I mean, my quality is not going to be as high, but then speed and cost might be factors here. I was fortunate to be able to hire a couple of contractors to help me accelerate. So I was able to move the bar of quality and move the bar of speed just a little bit. So think about that. Be brutal with your prioritization first and get through the core content. Now, the other thing that I do commonly, remember I talked to you about recording the video, I will often just live stream or even just record a webinar and I'll invite customers on that because what that does is it also helps you to make sure that the customers are seeing this are immediately providing input. I'll put surveys up in the back end. And again, I won't worry much about the quality. I won't worry about mistakes. I take that, I record it, I put it into my academy or I put it online. Loop, 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 loop. So I have as much maximized feedback as possible and I'm putting myself out there. So all of you are probably like, oh God, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. But it moves you so fast. You're putting yourself on the line. It's risky. Sometimes managers look at that the first time and they go, oh, I don't know about this because they're branded at line. That's what you said earlier. But trust me, it works really well. There are cases when you will not be able to move the needle on that. That's the core of it. And then basically successive um, work after that is more like, okay, I'll come back and I'll do a design doc and I'll do a, what I call like a, a master a style guide. Right. And then I'll go and I'll say, I want to amp this up a little bit. And you'll do more stuff with Camtasia and have some fun and do some good elements, transitions. And then the third time through, man, you're polishing it and you're making it a high end product. So that that I think it's always it's never failed me. And if you do that and, and yes, it's hard, it will get you speed fast to market and. It actually builds you a, a good safety net so that you and actually the other thing is you can show in your performance review how much you've approved all of your content. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Well, uh, you know, the, the other thing I was thinking about is that, like, you know, we, we know that no plan actually survives contact with the customers, right? Like you might have all the yep. ideas like I know we've gone through and said, oh, we think this is going to be really important. And customers are kind of like, meh. It's okay. Yeah, it's you know, not I don't, it's not, I'm not really worried about that. I'm worried about this. Uh, and so it allows you that, I imagine that first loop allows you to really like hone that message, hone the things that you're saying. The other thing I want to say to that, that I was thinking about that I think is really important and actually really relates well to this show is you learn. Like I, I love yeah. our guests and I love our, our people that watch us live and listen to podcasts, but I know I'm learning way more than all y'all because <laughs> I'm in it, right? I'm focused on it. I'm doing it every week and I'm, I'm, I'm getting huge benefits and I hope everyone else is getting benefits too. But I imagine that the iterative process, you're just learning so much about your product, about what, how it's being used, what is really important. Um, and so I think that's all really, really great stuff. So Dave, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and knowledge with us and our audience. Uh, there's, I, I think there's probably about 
three or four more episodes here that we could do. Uh, maybe at some point we can get you okay. and Adam to talk more about together. Uh, time and place, I don't know when that would ever actually happen because you guys are so darn busy um, as we all are. But I think this would be fantastic to have you back again sometime. We can talk about it. Uh, the other thing I want to mention while you're here, because speaking of learning, Dave, did you know, you probably didn't know this, we have a contest for anyone that's watched any episode Ooh. of the Visual Lounge. And we're calling it that Visual Lounge before we even named it that. So through last March, we actually started, that's when we started going live stream. So this is, you're one week off from our year episode, our year mark. And so we're, we're, we're having Congrats. a contest. That's awesome. Yeah, isn't that super cool? Uh, you know, we're inspired by things like the Customer Education Lab and, of course, lots of other great people. Uh, we want to give away, uh, it's a six-month copy of either Audiate, the, uh, of can it, Assets for Camtasia or Assets for Snagit. You get to pick one, but we're going to give Ooh. three of those away to anyone who tweets on LinkedIn posts or Instagram, I think Facebook, using the hashtag Visual Lounge. You can it, tell us what you learned and everyone will have a chance to win. So go do it now. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you've been talking about, you got your eye on audio. This is your chance too, right? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I gave it a good, it's, it's an, it's a fun product. Any last words, Dave, that you would want to share? Final, final no, takes. Final takes. Uh, again, I'll, I'll, I'll bump our podcast. Uh, it is customer.education. It's the customer education laboratory. Uh, we have a lot of folks on. We're, we're talking now in this this last uh, this year about customer success. Very, we're very much focused on bringing the message of how we as customer education professionals and we as you know content creators can impact uh, the whole process. You know, retaining customers, um, making them happier, growing a company through education. It, it it's it's on all of us to really take this to the streets and take this to our leadership. Because I, I hear all the time how, you know, maybe education budgets can get cut. It, it, things happen. We're really important, but we're not always seen. So take it to the streets, folks. Check out our website, sign our manifesto. Uh, if you need to contact with me, I'm at Dave Darrington on Twitter. I don't check it as much, but I am extremely active on LinkedIn. So if you, if you want to talk more about customer education in particular, I'm happy to talk with you. Just shout out at me and we'll chat. So thanks and, again. And I'll just plug the customer education lab and website. There's, there's just, you guys are putting out great content there. It's uh, anyone that's listening and uh, you know, there's so many great, I think it's interesting. And, and, you know, this is kind of bonus stuff. Now we can just chat for a second. The thing yeah. that I love is customer education has evolved. It's evolving. It's like, we get to watch this part of an industry that was always probably lumped in with L and D specifically. And it still kind of is. Uh, we get to watch it evolve into something that's new and exciting. I mean, just the number of positions and opportunities. I, I know you and I are part of a, a Slack group that's for customer education. Like every day, there is multiple job opportunities for, to work every in day. specifically customer education versus internal L&D or sales enablement or or whatever it might be, which is which to me, it's just like, it's astounding because I'm like, holy cow, there are a lot of opportunities if you're willing and able to to do the work. Yep. And if you're interested in that, yeah, we can definitely get you hooked up into that Slack channel. But I think the thing to note is in software, COVID-19 has proved, if it has proven anything, it's proven that on-demand virtual learning is hot. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in, we've turned to multimodal, we turned to video content. I prefer video content to start with because it's easy to create, it's really impactful, and it's fun. 
It's just yeah. fun to learn and it's fun to do and it's fun to fun to retain. So yeah, if you want to learn more about that, let me know. I also work at Outreach. Um, and I, I have to say, if you want to see an example of uh, work that great people have put together, come in and, and check out our university. It's uh, just look for Outreach, Academy, or Outreach University and you'll find it on the internet. Uh, it it kind of demonstrates if you've looked at it over time, how you can go from some material that's not so hot to a university that actually really performing and scaling because we're seeing adoption of our university actually outstrip anything I would have expected. And people are finding it. That means customers are like, oh, this works for me and I keep coming back. Uh, yeah. So good example there. I can, I can share others examples with you. Happy to talk with you. Really love being on the show. So thanks again, Matt. Yeah. And, and some, maybe sometime we'll have the debate academy versus university versus what, what, what do we call our thing? Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the fact that you make, the fact that you have something that can tell customers can get on demand, it's included in your subscription or paid for is where you open the gate to your customers. You open the door and say, you can, here's everything. And, and surprisingly, internally, the effect and the impact on that process of understanding your educational topology, under, understanding how your product really is, that's a transformative process. It really opens everybody's eyes, particularly if you apply the, the process of engaging with everybody and like getting everybody heard. And you know, you're converting tribal knowledge often to canonical knowledge, you know, you're taking like, yeah. you know, think about Star Wars and all the like fanfic that's written. And when, when something applies to when it comes to canon, it's on Wikipedia and it's legit. So it's the same <laughs> kind of thing. It's a fun well, kind Dave, of this has been awesome. Thank you once again for, for joining us. And again, everybody that's hung out with us today, it's been great to, to talk with you guys. Go check out the podcast, go check out CE Lab, listen, listen to Dave and Adam and all their great interviews, which I know I'm a fan. So uh, we, again, are appreciative for your time and your, your your, your awesome explanations. So next time, everybody, we will see you next week with Jesse O'Donnell, who's in the chat. So this is going to be fantastic. She's going to be on face to face. Yeah. It's always exciting to have Tech <laughs> Smithies on. Anyways, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>